in movies, TV series, video games, books, and more. This is Potential Picks. Hello and welcome back to another edition of Potential Picks. I'm your host, Taylor Soko, and joined by my fellow uh, astronaut and podcaster, Chris Dewar. This edition of Potential Picks, we're viewing the new science fiction disaster film, Moonfall, that was co-written, directed, and produced by Roland Emmerich. Roland Emmerich, of course, is the king of disaster films from films like Independence Day, Day After Tomorrow. And, you know, really, really excited to see him back into, you know, his forte of disaster films. Um, Not knowing much about this film, I, you know, kind of seen a little bit of previews, but I was uh, intrigued to see, you know, his take, a new new direction on that. So, Chris, give us a brief synopsis of Moonfall. So, in Moonfall, uh, we have... A couple of astronauts and a scientist have discovered that the orbit of the moon is off and that its targets will eventually hit Earth. And so in doing so, they need to figure out a plan to get the Earth, you know, safe and have the moon go back to its orbit. And in doing so, in this long situation of all this chaos, there is a huge mystery unfolded of what the moon actually is and what is the big threat. So this is, I think the thing about this is when the trailer dropped for Moonfall and it had this title, it, it came off like, okay, this is kind of creepy to think of, you know, as, as Earth, we have one moon and, you know, it is, you know, several, several miles away. If that was to start to head towards us, I mean, you think of all the time we're, we're afraid of a giant comet, a giant, you know, moon coming towards us would be disastrous. So the idea of the moon heading straight to Earth breaking up and of course this would cause tsunamis and you know earthquakes and huge chaos huge threat level so that definitely has a a fear factor there and you know this is what Roland Emmerich does he does these giant movies where chaos ensues and a lot of destruction the problem with this movie is it's it it is that but then it's really much more a heavy sci-fi movie uh this goes into a science fiction genre that I think it's one of those things where you know Taylor you and I both discussed this after we'd seen this we texted each other and was like it's too many genres in one film yeah uh you know in typical fashion for his films there is the comedy element you know I will say the acting's done pretty well in this film you know Patrick Wilson is is great leading this cast with Halle Berry and John Bradley serving as the nervous Nelly funny you know he's a scientist slash uh, a bit of an extremist when it comes to his theories of what the moon is conspiracy theorist yeah yeah conspiracy theorist you know there's a there's a hilarious nature to parts of this film which he does have in all of his stuff because it has to be a little lighthearted at times but then there's just parts of the plot that i felt like weren't very necessary and he either should have gone all in on one area or the other because actually for a destruction movie with the moon coming towards the earth, there's definitely certain sections of the film that, that do that. But a lot of it isn't destruction based or it's to the point where some of our cast members, it's like they notice destruction happening and they don't really care. There's not really like, like it's not like day after tomorrow where 
there's the fear put in you of like you need to survive there wasn't a lot of yeah that emergency feel and also it didn't feel like a lot of people really be like you didn't see anyone get affected you know and whereas day after tomorrow obviously you don't see or independence day we obviously you don't see people getting annihilated but it's heavily implied and you see like oh you know so this was kind of like a lot's going on but i don't feel the gravity <laughs> so to speak of the the impact of what's happening like there's no that like i think what was great about independence day and day after tomorrow you get like there's the fear like oh my gosh we need to run like you know even just the music kind of like adds to that and um another big thing that was kind of what i think it's tough to tackle in these big ensemble movies is you have so many characters that you have to care about and you don't have a lot of time to really invest in them his previous movies i actually care about all the characters even the minor ones and this film, I kind of, there was so much going on and so many relationships that, first of all, I thought were unnecessary. There's a lot of divorced, extended families and everything, which, and then you've got these random characters, but I don't really care about them or they didn't, they, they were kind of playing against the type, which wasn't a good thing. Like Michael Pena, hilarious comedian. He starts to be like this kind of like, you know, the uh, stepfather character. He's a stepdad character that you don't really like. Like, he's the rich prick that's, um, I mean, he, he definitely has a uh, heroic moment in the film, uh, if you will. But yeah, I agree. It's like, there's too many characters and we're really following the plot of, you know, these two astronauts with the scientists to figure out a plan to, this is what we need to do to, this is the mission to save the Earth. And all throughout their, you know, the whole second half of the film, this, you know, two hour and 10 minute film. There's also the plot line of like Halle Berry's son, Patrick Wilson's son, and their, you know, his divorced wife's, you know, Michael Payne's kids. It's like all this plot of them trying to get to Colorado to get to this like safe bunker. And it just goes on and on. And at one point there was like, like, I thought it was so weird that, like, obviously, yes, in chaos and, like, apocalypse times, people, you know, the worst comes out of us. But at one point, there was a whole, like, bunch of thugs that, like, attack the sun and, like, try to rob his car. Yeah, they're, like, and they, a nemesis. Like, like, oh, well, take the car. It's like they're enemies all of a sudden. And, like, they keep popping up. And I was like, this is not needed. You know, it's like we're taking time away from having more time in, in with the moon stuff. And it's like, I it felt like, yeah, just the mix of everything was, like, I don't know. It's like Roland Emmerich does very well with these films too. I mean, a lot of this was visually shot, you know, great. I mean, some of the visuals in this are insane and especially all the space stuff is really cool. Like the space station stuff. And I thought it was like, okay, there's some really cool, you know, the destruction stuff always looks amazing. These films, you know, the way the tsunami comes up in LA and, or like, you know, these, these comets, you know, these meteors coming down, you know, hitting the mountains and stuff. But then you mix in these other scenes that aren't really that necessary. And it's like, I don't know where the formula was where he wanted to do more one way or the other. And he ended up with this. This almost feels like a film that, although I wouldn't want to necessarily watch it, needed a longer cut to maybe do more. But then, you know, Taylor, I mean, we do have this incredible cast that some are just underutilized. Like way underutilized. We have Donald Sutherland, the great Donald Sutherland is in one scene of this film. And it is the typical, like, if there's a stereotypical character that comes into a film like this and is like, oh, he's the guy that's in the, the creepy building that has all the old information that was hidden away. 
he just pops up and Halle Berry's looking for some information. He's like, you want to know what really happened on the moon? Well, I'll tell you. So we actually, and it's like, he just goes into a speech and it's like, aren't you the dude that's supposed to be covering up everything? And he just has this one monologue and then he leaves. And that was it. And I was like, he needed so much more in this film. So yeah, and, and obviously we're not doing a spoiler review for this, uh, but the ending was definitely, uh, it's like you're watching a whole different movie for the last 25 minutes 100%, of this film. Yeah. Uh, an entirely different movie that again it's like i don't know where the story process went with you know this is where one you know i I feel like i feel like the movie concept was what if the moon crashed down onto earth and that was like okay what are we gonna do about it and then we get other stuff in this film that i don't really know if it worked or not which i felt would have been better in a whole other film and yeah i just i think they could have raised the stakes more i would have liked you know people you don't know if they die or not. It's kind of ambiguous in certain situations. And yeah, the focus was on the wrong characters or and, and whatnot. So yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a jumble mess. I mean, again, it's a film you, you kind of know what you're getting to. But again, there's surprises and twists and turns, but not necessarily in a good way. And then the movie ends on a kind of cliffhanger. We might get a sequel? Question mark? I mean, this is not going to get a sequel. Uh, this movie, unfortunately, you know, the time it came out, Jackass Forever did beat it. Jackass got like 28 million opening weekend. Moonfall got 10 million, uh, at least here in the States, going off a budget of roughly uh, in the 138 to 146 million. Uh, so this is actually going to come down as a flop, uh, you know, which again, this is the hard thing of uh, some of these big movies trying to come out in the pandemic. People are still not fully going back to theaters and, you know, with competing movies, sometimes it's hard to release things and hope that, you know, even though this is the man who's had huge success in the past, with these type of movies, um, not everyone's coming out in swarms to come see the Moonfall. So you can, though, go see Moonfall if you dare now in theaters. And that was this edition of Potential Picks. Thanks for listening to the Potential Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Potential Podcast or on Twitter at The Potential Pod. Or you can email us. Send us your positive feedback and thoughts, suggestions, and more through our email, thepotentialpodcast at yahoo.com. I'm your host, Chris Dewar. And I'm your host, Taylor Sokol. Stay tuned for more episodes on pop culture, entertainment, and nerdum. And remember, know, know your, your potential. potential.